There's been a lot of progress made when it comes to fighting game network play, and with as many wins as we've seen in recent times in this avenue, it seems a good time to evaluate where the FGC currently sits as far as its feelings toward the legitimacy of online play. Plus, Tekken players really love their franchise, PlayStation 5 might have some input lag woes, and there's a surprising amount of things to say about chip damage, all on this week's episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. Alright, welcome back to another episode of the Event Hubs Podcast. I am John Catalyst Gray, and with me as always is John Velociraptor Guerrero. <laughs> we, we've had an interesting morning. I mean, morning as in I just jumped on uh, you know, a few minutes ago to begin my workday, and I find that my, my co-workers are talking about Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. which apparently Steven had never seen until a few days ago because it's on Netflix now. So first of all, go check out Indiana Jones if you haven't seen it. But uh, really quickly... There's a scene in the first uh, um, first super classic movie from the early 80s that I'm going to give a little tiny bit of a spoiler to because you should have seen it by now, but someone's face ends up melting. And uh, I saw that as, gosh, I, I must have been four or five. And I remember seeing that scene and being scarred. Like I was scared to move for a while. Yeah. I, I was. I, it's one of those memories where I remember I was holding a green sour apple and eating it and then like not wanting to eat it anymore, but having just it was a moment in time man that freaked me out and so we were talking about that scene and john here links me up to the um it's like a famous special practical effect now in cinema history because it was so well done Um, but i got to see like the insides of how that all came together and that thing that i still get a little bit of anxiety watching that scene play out Uh, same thing at the beginning of the mortal Kombat film where shang sung's face melts too spoilers uh but yeah so <laughs> it's been an interesting sort of nostalgic anxious fun i don't know this whole combination of of feelings um so naturally i want to talk about street fighter i want to talk about the fighting game community and i want to talk about the relationship that we're all having with online play right now because that's the next logical place that your brain goes after all of those weird nostalgic anxiety feelings yeah john you missed that that perfect segue there You're like face melting let's talk about street fighter 5 so boom go right into it what <laughs> What do you got, John? Well, okay, so I don't want it to... Yes, most of this is going to be around Street Fighter V. I want to talk about the Capcom Pro Tour because that's been, I think, the biggest online entity that we've seen when it comes to uh, competitive competition and where we're at. But uh, um, I want to back up a little bit from there right now and sort of consider where the community views online play right now at this point in time because uh, i'll back uh, you know i'll give a little bit of background to this we've of course are coming with this idea that just not a few years ago not a few months ago maybe and depending on the person maybe even still now there are people that are just completely against online and it's for understandable reasons especially when you consider how limiting and how different the experience is from quote-unquote traditional fighting games when you introduce the element of a sporadic lag, right? And so this has been around for, what, 10, maybe 15 years now for the fighting game community, and we've been using it, but very hesitant and cautious of it and constantly careful to identify it as something else other than playing offline. All right, fair enough. And there's been this sort of asterisk around online play since its, since its start here. But we've been forced to jump into this in a, in a very significant way, just kind of jump into the deep end of the pool because of COVID here in 2020. Of course, now we're all doing everything online. And at the same time, the community has gotten much more vocal about what they want out of this. And we've seen tangible obvious clear movement from developers to up their standards when it comes to online play right so in recent times we had the guilty gear accent uh, toys r us whatever it's called a couple of generations back of a guilty gear game which by the way there's a current guilty gear game and then there's another one on the horizon if anything the attention of the community should be on what's coming up right now and it certainly is but guilty gear accent R plus, I think it is. Maybe it's plus R. Please, Accent Core. You can't. Accent Core. Guilty Gear Toys R Us. I I like that better. I feel better with it. So, anyways, it was added to, or it's been on Steam, but it was given rollback netcode. 
which of course has become the standard for the fighting game community um, when it comes to online play. It was given rollback netcode and for a moment, and I and I hesitate to say any more than a moment, but for it, the evening that it was, it was uh, released with this new updated netcode, it was the number one fighting game with concurrent players on Steam, on PC. Now that's beating out Dragon Ball Fighters, that's beating out Tekken 7, Street Fighter 5, Mortal Kombat, everything. Uh, it was Guilty Gear, Toy are us that was number one for a little while getting everyone's attention and being slightly more uh having slightly more people than all of those other games uh for a moment so it shows you that we we care and then a couple of days ago tekken comes out with its big update and now the online the net code is better now it's not it's not rollback if i'm there's Correct, rollback right. code in there. Harada has been very adamant about that. Um, and the way that Tekken works, because their their moves in there, they don't have three frame normals and stuff. I think their their fastest moves are like six or seven or eight frames or something. I have to double check that. But I know that mm -hmm. Harada basically has the whole game kind of designed around having better latency and other things. But yes, uh, um, it, the game does have some rollback elements to it, but it's not, I guess, overall a rollback system. Um, okay, so now that's a thing. There's hybrid. Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, there, everything is a hybrid technically, uh, because sometimes even with like straight up rollback code, you're going to want to do delay based code. Sometimes, depending on how good the connection is, you just you always want a hybrid, uh, no matter what. I don't care how good your your you know net code is, um, because sometimes delay based code legitimately is superior to rollback code because you want to you know get as rid of any delay possible. And if your connection is basically perfect, why not do delay based? Right. Um, mm -hmm. That's basically the methodology there. Yeah, the rabbit hole goes deep. Uh, so, but we we had that update happen, and we've gotten nothing. But it, it's it's early, and we'll see. And maybe placebo. I'm cautious about it. But there has been, from what I've seen, nothing but positive reviews and excitement surrounding Tekken Seven. We had uh, Dakota and and Majin Tin Shinhan live in Iowa and Sweden, <laughs> respectively play and and it was the, the report they have an article up on the front page right now the report was it was better than we expected and Majin Ten Shinhan who is very much he'll be the first to tell you he's no fan of online play and came into this with fairly you know there's some biases I'm sure as as I would have had and as many people would have had coming into this he left it saying I was thinking about when I could do this again when the next time I could I could jump into this because it was fun and fluid enough that it was a worthwhile experience Things now, are getting better on this front, man. Yeah, I, okay. So I, I need to jump in and say that, yes, 100% that that is the case. And I, I definitely believe Harada and Bandai Namco, when they say they've updated and improved the game, they have. I mean, they're very good at that stuff. Um, very clear. But there's also very much, and pardon the expression here, a little bit of a, a cult mentality when it comes to Tekken because we've talked to numerous top-end great players and said, how would you improve the game? What what would you do with that? And they're like, nothing. The game's perfect. And I'm like, <laughs> bull and crap, man. Like, that is the, the biggest bit of horse I can think of. Like, you don't play a great perfect game you have a game that has issues with it and you need to acknowledge that so that your community can level up and get better and this has been a collective like kind of cult mentality that Tekken has had for a long time now I'm not saying Tekken isn't a terrific game it very clearly is but when you just blow so much smoke out there and say your game is perfect and there's no problems with it even you know even when it came to the net code you're not doing your community any favors and this is one of the big issues i do have with the tech and community in general i'm not saying everyone in there but i am saying there's a collective problem in this community where they will not acknowledge the problems that their community has it's like everything is perfect everything is great oh my gosh why don't you play this game because nothing could ever possibly be wrong or go wrong with this community and it's just mind-blowing to me and I'm not saying it's everyone but I'm saying that there's a vocal part of the community who just does nothing but praise this game um so I digress. I, I, getting back on something to what <laughs> how, you just How did up. Tekken hurt you so many years ago, John? What did Tekken do to you? What did the Tekken community it's, do to I, you? Did they not let you play? I, I <laughs> did you put your quarter this. on the machine and they just threw it away? No, Tekken's a great game. It's it's so much fun. I, I literally was going to pick it up this weekend to play, just to play it again because I love the game so much, but it, just the lack of cross-play is like, uh, I'll pass. You know, the, the Season 4 trailer was so hype and so well done. I love Harada and, and Michael. Like, they do such great work. Uh, the community 
community that surrounds this game is great. Markman is awesome. There's so much about Tekken that is genuinely amazing. I love the franchise. There's so much that's great here, but some of the, the way the community conducts themselves, it really holds them back because they don't give a fair and precise analysis of what is good about the game and what is bad. And on the other end of the spectrum, you've got Capcom fans who just... I was going to ask, is Street Fighter the, the equal and opposite? It's, it, it, I think that there's enough people who praise Street Fighter where it's not an exact polar opposite here. Um, but again, it, it's it really is an issue with me kind of sorting through how good is the netcode updates. And with Dakota and Maja Tenshinan, as you just talked about, I definitely trust those guys. They're objective. They don't have an agenda here. They're not hardcore Tekken players. They were genuinely praising how good the experience was with them, and I believe them for sure. Uh, we we have to be as unbiased and as, as clean as possible when we're relaying these opinions, right? But you, you, I've had so many issues with this over with the Tekken community over the years, and you don't have to look far. You can look on our very website, multiple instances of Tekken fans saying the game is perfect. And I, I'm literally, that's not even hyperbole there. Literally saying the game is perfect and you don't need to do anything. And this is before the netcode patches and before all the other patches that we've seen. Um, it's, it's a little bit like, why? Why do you have that viewpoint? So I, I only say that, I'm going on too big of a rant here. I only say that j just color in a little bit more of the darker areas because the Tekken community isn't doing it for themselves, which is really unfortunate. You've got to hold yourselves accountable. Our real great progress does not get made because all the developers are hearing is like, oh, this is phenomenal. This was perfect. Even before you did the netcode update, I know that was not the case. It finally started to change here about the last six months to a year. But before that, you can go back and look and hear and see people saying the net code is the best out there Tekken net code is the best net code around uh and, and it's just like ugh. And, well okay so yeah. what do you think drove the developers to update the net code then Was because it like the last rise of all the other the six to 12 months now finally the tech community has been saying hey the net code is not that great and and the the net code itself didn't change but the community's perception of it did mm-hmm all right, fair enough. Well, hey, that ties right in here because we're talking about the community's perception of netcode and online play. So, But I do want to clip that little bit that <laughs> you had to say about the Tekken community and just post that on our Twitter or something <laughs> and, and see it's if fine. we can get a few more listeners from the from the Tekken community to jump in the podcast, if not if nothing else, just to uh, to react to your, uh, to your comment. And again, I... I would love to actually hear from some people and explain why the community does that. Why are they so biased for their game? And just giving a nuanced and fair approach, in my opinion, is going to attract way more people than just saying everything is bombastically great. You know, uh, I... I don't know. I, I mean, it just it falls on the very disingenuous end to me when I hear people saying that all the time. And again, I really enjoy Tekken. I, I think Tekken 7 is a phenomenally good game. Not a good game, a phenomenally good game. And I am on record saying this many, many times. Uh, I was not a fan of Tekken Tag Tournament 2, but this one is great. Great. All right, so... Tekken has heard the call, or I should say Bandai Namco, when it comes to Tekken, not so much with Dragon Ball Fighters, but that's its own thing, uh, has heard this call and has upped their standards, and even with the understanding that maybe the Tekken community sees all things Tekken through rose-colored glasses, it does seem to me that, that we've uh, got a much better, much more viable online connection when it comes to Tekken 7. Street Fighter V had an update, or, uh, two Two updates to the online experience, if you will, in the earlier parts of 2020 has shown more care in this avenue. And I gotta say, from my personal experience, and this is sort of getting into the next part here a bit, but I, my personal experience, as I've said, after having jumped over onto PC, which seems to be a superior way of, of experiencing this game, especially when it comes to network play, that uh, as I think about it, as a competitor, Virtually everything that happens, with the exception of a few little hiccups, and they're forgivable, given that I'm get I'm I'm, I'm able to play this game where I wouldn't be otherwise here in 2020. Um, I, I'm I'm able to play this game, and it's acceptable. And if this yeah. were in a tournament, it's it's not it's not perfect, but it's I think for me, and this is saying a lot. Anyone that's listened to me talk about online, like I'm not I'm not giving it any extra any extra room here. But I legitimately think it's at the point where I'd probably be okay playing in legit tournament settings like this. And when you consider that, hey, we're on with the, the new consoles, the next chapter, the next level up when it comes to all of these things is, is literally that they're out. It's starting now. And, and it's only going to get better from here. I have to wonder, 
has online made, uh, well, how much progress has it made? For me, for Street Fighter V, for my experiences thus far, and that's that's with a filter on finding the people that have good connections, not being matched up with someone who might have a terrible connection to me. So it's not quite there yet, I, I should say. But it's in a really good place from where it was. And, and I don't, am not distracted by lag when I'm playing. So my general question is, uh, where do we stand right now with online play? How legitimate is it? We've had almost a full Capcom Pro Tour now. I think we have two events left before the big finale. And, and we've, we've you know, generated this group of finalists and such. How, how warm are we to the idea of, of online play as a valid competitive uh, avenue right now? I mean, I, you, you're preaching to the choir on this one. I, I know. <laughs> I, I mean, ever since rollback code has been probably, I, I do think delay-based code is way too unstable as a general rule to be considered competitively viable. I, but I've always felt that um, online, it, online play is a great way of training up and being very good for offline tournaments. Um, and I really think that you're holding yourself back if you don't use it. Uh, I mean, if you, if you are that heavily versed to it, that's fine. But usually the people who are that, like, against online play they've not been doing well in recent times uh the people who play online the most i mean very clearly because you know cpt is only online but even then the players who play online the most are usually the ones that you're seeing up there at the very top end it's very rare to find a player who does not play uh online in this day and age uh and that's doing really well most of them mm-hmm. have all fallen off and the, the old guard of like you know online play sucks and it's not worthwhile or whatever has pretty much gone away you know so um but well, okay, okay, but there there has been quite a bit of drama throughout the season here with things like what happened with Idom, what happened with Punk. Um, I, I didn't watch it, but uh, Majin Tenshin Han noted that in the uh, the most recent one in the the China event, there was he said it was one of if not the most noticeably yeah. laggy experiences, and that was just from him watching, um, you know, as as a spectator. But it has not been without its clear bumps in the road yeah. and and even more than that bumps in the road that would have almost certainly affected the final outcome of these events in a in, an, in a clear manner you yes. know it's you don't have the jungle swing like through like well okay it was in the round two and then you know this would have happened and this would have happened and this could have changed it's like no like idom in top eight like in the in the second half of top eight decides to drop out you know things along those lines so it's it's definitely not perfect yet it's definitely not where it needs to be but i do think it's made a ton of progress and i'm looking at the people that have qualified here and while okay so there's some names here for capcom cup that aren't here that you go wow uh, okay so no tokido you know there, there are plenty of people like that that have just been mainstays in the Capcom Cup finals that are not here. But these names are... Uh, I, are do wanna, I do want to go back, actually, to that. And I, that's an important distinction to make because the way the CPT works this year is very different than past years. In past sure. years, we had a point system. And I do think that if we were playing you know, just entirely online, but we had the point system we had in previous years, I think people like Tokido and Fudo and Punk and other stuff would be qualified already. Because, uh, I mean, they're placing high enough, but this is like... You either win it all or you're not in, you know. And well, their opportunities are, are plentiful compared to all these others because they're getting flown around or they're, or they're of their own dime going around and, and making it a priority to go to all of these events yeah. and participate. And now they only get to do one or two of them, maybe probably two. And if that doesn't work out, well, their competition is, is you know, they're each other, like the, some of the best in the world. You go over to Japan and it's like, yeah, I mean, someone's got to come out. Daigo came out of this one and, uh, and Gachikun. But, you know, there's a laundry list of players there that there were real hot competition that were stopping each yeah. other from winning. So, yeah, it is a different playing field for sure in ways that are beyond just the chaos of online. Yeah, I, it's, I, I hear you. It's just a gigantic difference in that, like, you wanted in previous years, you wanted to be consistent to make Capcom Cup. If you were consistent, you didn't even have to win an event. Like, you could actually make Capcom Cup without winning a single event. But this time, you have to win. And your consistency, if you got second three times or, you know, twice or whatever you don't make it like that's just it's that it's so it's a very kind of night and day difference but yeah i just i wanted to make that distinction very clear because we are talking a little bit apples to oranges in that regard mm-hmm. now there is something of a of a comparison i think it, it keeps popping up in my mind and it, it takes me back to 2014 where the game was street fighter 4 so a little different there doesn't have rollback netcode um, and most of the 
finalists in Capcom Cup had qualified in the traditional means, but one or two got through via an online system, which was at the time, and understandably so, looked at by the greater, <laughs> the majority, I would say, of the community with sort of a cockeye. I don't remember if it was one or two, and I only remember one of the players off the top of my head that qualified this way, but his name was Choo Choo, and I believe he was from Brazil, South America for sure, and I think he was from Brazil, a Viper player. And the thing with Choo Choo, I remember us thinking like, all right, so this guy is first and foremost probably not legit in the same way that Momochi, Tokido, Daigo, all these household names are legit. We're expecting him to come in here and go 0-2 because he's probably just an online scrub that does scrubby stuff that works online, doesn't work offline. Well, sure enough, he ends up, I believe he went 0-2, um, and then there was a tournament shortly thereafter, a few days later in NorCal with, you know, like, likes of Knuckledoo, Ryan Hart, um, a handful of, of very strong players. He participated in that, and I remember him not getting all that far. And, and being a Capcom Cup finalist, you'd probably expect more. Um, so... And then the reason I bring that up is because you look at that that list and the community had a specific reaction to Choo Choo. And by the way, I, I want to pad this a little bit and say Choo Choo was good enough to get himself to Capcom yeah. Cup. Clearly a strong player. I'm not knocking him. I'm talking about the way the community perceives someone who got here via online. And then the conclusions you're going to make seeing someone, okay, they, they got here online and then they didn't perform well in this single example well two examples and so maybe that's a you know that, that's the reinforcement right there but i'm looking at this list of players now and all of these players have qualified online some of them are like you know phenom daigo mena rd you're like uh, shen and, and and there are plenty more like that where you go okay yeah that makes sense they would probably be here offline otherwise some of them are are and, and the majority of them are those but you got someone like dr mandrake and um and this is it Jalexi from Brazil? I don't know what to make of Jalexi because I've never seen anything from them before. But I look at them and my inclination is to go, uh, you know, do I file them away in the same way we were filing Choo Choo away in 2014? And I got to say, no. I gotta say, it's like maybe, maybe they got a little bit lucky or something like that. But no, these guys, as I look at them here without a ton of information, I go there's a legit chance that they're going to be the next big thing. Maybe this is just their breakthrough. But the point is, I don't see, and as someone who has been very wary of online, I look at them here and I don't see that immediate barrier of, oh, they're just here because they got lucky online. I see them as more legitimately here. And I suspect that a lot of the community would see them with similar eyes. And that's a big difference from just five or six years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I do want to shout out Mandrake here because he's been doing this for a while. He's, he's a very competent offline player or two um and but I, I also get what you're saying there's there's kind of a collective awakening i think in our community of online play being more valid and other things and i think that there is a perception and i think there's a reality here um i think that the reality is this has been this way for a good bit of time again i i'm really kind of a big advocate of if you've had rollback code i think that the online results are mostly valid not entirely valid but mostly but i also think that like there's never going to be a time where the culmination of competition is not held offline if it is humanly possible to do it it always should be that way because you are minimizing the random factor whenever mm -hmm. you do that and, and that should never go away that is our that is our history it's our legacy um unless for some reason we're able to get online play perfect which does not seem like it's ever going to happen maybe somehow but it seems like it's never going to happen uh then we always want to have the offline competition for a variety of reasons too it's nice to be in the you know in the stadium in attendance it's nice to have like a trade show event around it all this kind of stuff like we have so much uh history here as humans, you know, like the Olympics and sporting events and all this other kind of stuff, there's a great legacy here to, to fall back on no matter what. Even if online play is perfect, it's still nice to have the offline competition, right? So that's that's a little bit of the realities, right? But the, the perception has just been for so long that online play is garbage. And I think that people are finally, since they're forced to play online now, I think that they're seeing that the reality is a little bit different uh, than they, they perceived it to be. I think that their perceptions are now meeting more of reality and they're going, oh, wow, since we're forced to do this, since we don't have a choice now, oh, oh, online play is not as bad as I thought. Oh, my gosh. Like, who would have thunk it? You know, kind of thing. And it's like, well, a lot of people who trained online and played there kind of knew this was the case. Right. Um, and online play has gotten better. I get that. But but. I think that uh, some people in the community are playing catch up with where other people in the community have been for years now. Uh, and I think that's very much a reality that's happening. And, uh, and yeah. Well, I, I'm not comfortable with the idea that it's been here for years. Well, 
Okay, let me let me dial that back a little bit. Um, if I were still playing on PlayStation, I would probably have a different perception of yep. this because the whole thing. And so, people that have been playing with the right equipment and with the right internet and with the right conditions, you know, um, which more and more and more people will eventually just jump on because it'll become more available, right? That's just how these kind of things work. And eventually, the standard will will become, you know, well, it will be. The, the the resources that we have will, will skyrocket so high that it will be very easy for even the most you know common and, and not well off of people to have enough so that they can play this on that level right but I don't think we're there yet um, so a lot of it has to do with what's your rig look like what's your situation look like that's an important part of the puzzle um, and then when it kind of like I, I played a lot of online in Street Fighter Four, man. <laughs> um, probably not with the most ideal of conditions either, but it was no, probably a sample of the general public too. No rollback code. That's delay based no code, code entirely, and that was mm-hmm. two thousand nine delay based code. You know, it's it got updated a few times, but that was, yeah. I mean, that's more than ten years ago now at this point. So, sure, yeah, playing on on and specifically, I mean, I was doing it in twenty, you know, twelve, twenty thirteen, whatever. But it was. 2009 design yes. code is your point there, yeah. right? It, so, it updated a few times, but but very much like old, old, old net code. Mm-hmm. So a big part of it is what do you, what's your technology that you have in front of you? Um, I think another significant part of this is that many people have perhaps forgotten. I mean, the, the changes and the nuances and the differences are not all that noticeable after a certain amount of time. You know, you go into a shoe store and you smell it, but after a little while, you stop smelling those uh, those you know, leathery deliciousness that is new shoe smell. But so I'm wondering with here in 2020, not going out as much, maybe we've just gotten used to online. Now I've played some offline because, you know, I have a friend or two that'll, that'll come over and we can play some games and such. And so I don't think that that's quite as much a factor for me. Um, But what I want to get here is, is kind of a general idea of what kind of line do we need to get to for people to accept online as something where they can overwhelmingly or or the majority would say that it's a fair and and good place for competition i would dare even say not a replacement but a, a reasonable stand in for offline competitive play and for me it's if all of the matches that we're playing are like what i get when i go on to ranked meaning it's through a filter, right? So I'm only getting like three or four or five bar matches. And for me in Street Fighter V, three or four or five bars is enough. Mm-hmm. Um, that changes depending on the game you're playing and what that means. But if all matches were like that, that's where I would be content. And right now, it's at least at the point where I can make my online experience that. And if I go into tournament, I have to play certain people and, and that it's just not going to be that way. And in fact, anytime I have participated in tournaments, there's been noticeably more lag where you stop in the middle of a match and you have to kind of like back up and, and wait for it to pass, do a few neutral jumps and such and see if the other person's a total jerk and throws a fireball or builds a meter during that time. You guys are the worst, by the way, especially in competition. Uh, but I do want to add in there that most competitions these days, you can, you can flag someone for latency issues where they have to send you a speed report you know kind of thing and and if they do have issues that doesn't i mean i don't think that stopped metro m you know for example <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not going to stop everyone but uh, i mean it, but you're right i, I did want to add that in there for people who haven't played in the cpt online or other things that is an option that exists it does help but it doesn't solve everything yeah so uh, generally speaking, that's where I would want to see it is if, if everyone that I encountered was like this and, and the amount of lag that happens is usually, interestingly enough, it's usually at the beginning of, of rounds, sometimes even before the round starts, which like I've said before, that's awesome. Uh, but if we can get it to where it's like for me right now, as I go online in a, in a regular uh, just ranked session with the filters on, if it's always like that, I'm down. I'm game. You've won me over. Yeah, Uh, I think that in terms of making the competitions more legit than they are right now, I think you you do test at how well your net code holds up over X distance, right? So some games code can do well with a few states away, like we're hearing from Tekken players that they can do a few countries away and be totally playable and fine. Um, Mm. I think that you test out that net code and see how things hold up like collectively. Uh, the community and the developers. And then you kind of make your distances and ranges based on that. Uh, I think it needs to be game dependent. I think it needs to be community supported basically, right? Um, mileage is gonna vary, uh, but if having a base base idea will give you a good uh, working platform to go off of. And not every match is gonna be perfect, but at least you're hitting a, a happy medium there, right? Mm-hmm. 
And then um, you can have online tournaments, of course, where if you get far in them, maybe you skip the first few rounds of an offline bracket. Uh, maybe you do some other stuff. There, there's plenty of online events right now that have prize money and other things taking place currently right now at this very moment. So I don't think prizes are going to change much unless the stakes get a lot larger. Right. Like, I, I mean, it's we're, we're taking the, the CPT online so seriously because it's a Capcom co-op qualifying uh, thing. And, and uh, you're winning, you know, a quarter of a million dollars if you win that. Right. That's a big deal. And then you get your costume. I mean, it's the, the, the points and other stuff that you get for for winning the Capcom Cup is huge. You know, your, mm -hmm. your name goes down in history, basically. Um, so the stakes are very high there. Um, and then I, I think to take it on further, like you, you continue to put a heavy, heavy emphasis on making your net code better in every game you develop. And you don't use excuses like this is too hard where your fans <laughs> request stuff that should have been in there from the start. You can't say that to them. We have to make that a complete unacceptable response. That's a bad customer service oh. quote if I've ever heard one. Oh, I'm sorry gosh. we can't do it because it's hard. Yeah. Meanwhile, oh. the guy next door who's in the same building because it's Bandai Namco's building uh, just did it. You know, well, okay, maybe not. Maybe not. There's elements of rollback that code, whatever. But other people are doing it. Other people are are doing the thing that's really hard, and that means I'm gonna go play their games oh, yeah. if you exactly. can't do it because it's too hard. Exactly. Exactly. And, and keep in mind, we're, we're just a few steps into actually even using rollback code in fighting games. There's a long way to go to catch up with like shooter games and other titles that have been doing rollback code for much longer and much better than the FGC has. Expecting the FGC to catch up overnight is not going to happen but expecting the developers to make good faith efforts to have proper net code in their games is definitely a thing we should be doing yes. we're just starting we're we are just starting this stuff right now and, and i get like you know capcom has been doing rollback code since street fighter cross tekken and i know some other games have been doing it from the get-go as well like it's happened but it's just not a collective this needs to be a standard kind of thing uh something like you know the input delay you know fiasco ended up being right like there's so many things out there that we can do to really push us up and but even then, even right now, Scrub Boy 15 is not dominating tournaments, right? He's not entering and going. You're not seeing a bunch of no names. Even with something like Dragon Ball Fighters, which we we're just ripping on with the national championship, it's the murderer's row of people we've seen year after year in the FGC doing the same things as before. Like, it's like, I don't know where anyone can legitimately say this is not valid collectively. If they say it's not valid for me, I say, hey, no problem at all. Uh, there are some very respected names that say, I don't like playing online. I just don't like the experience. And I say, that is not an issue at all. Uh, some people like apples, some people like oranges, all good. Uh, mm -hmm. But collectively, I don't see how anyone objectively could look at the results of what we've seen in the FGC and say, oh, that's not valid. I, there, there's not a reality alive where I think that's the case. And I'm extremely encouraged. You were talking about the the way that other genres have already been doing this and that the fighting game community has been playing catch up and that we're sort of in like a hurried, like anxious rush to to sort of jump on this because we should be somewhere else already or we could be. And, and I appreciate all that. But to me, a lot of this is very encouraging because it's been in such a relatively short amount of time. And I think we've seen some tangible progress here in some big ways. Online for me was not a thing. Like it was super not a thing not that long ago. Upgrade hardware, but also the movement that all of these developers have been making and the intent and the way the community has been talking about it, that has leveled this entire very, very crucial and important facet of fighting games now up in some really quick and rapid ways. So I mean, I, I'm looking forward, and it's only <laughs> going to get better. I, I take some issue with saying quick and rapid ways because we've been talking about rollback code um, in other genres since 1998. So quick and rapid, I, well, my apologies. Rapid are... Since we began to care about this on this <sighs> level, right? Yeah. So we've begun, like the fighting game community is like, okay, wait, what's going on over here? Let's start whining about it. <sighs> and it takes a little bit of whining to get that squeaky wheel going. Yeah. And then there has been a response, and there has been progress. And, and that is where I want to focus to be encouraged about it so it's like better late than never yeah but the progress that we've been making since it's become a thing for the community to to, to trumpet this out is like yes there there's there's a relationship there there's movement there's progress that's good yeah progress is good i i agree uh the amount of progress i'm pretty upset with still uh, i think it's pretty lacking especially again pointing right to dragon ball fighters but even pointing to street fighter 5 even pointing to tekken um it's still a 
just having completely stellar net code is not even close to an expectation right now. You know, and we just saw it here and we're going to get into it here in a minute, but the, the performance on PlayStation 4, that should have been from the get-go in there. And again, it's a chicken and egg thing where we want to blame Capcom or Sony for that. I don't know. Um, ultimately, both things are probably true, right? We know that Capcom updated their netcode to run better on PlayStation, and it does seem like it does, right? That that, that seems like a very logical outcome that happened. Um, but man, it just... I. I I agree mostly with what you're saying, but it's like, oh, I wish it just didn't take till 2020 to get to this point, right? Like, I, we really should have been here, I think, a good ways back. But, you know, it is what it is. It's progress. Can't be too upset about it. But, uh, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to be kind of okay with some delays, right? Well, speaking of delays. <laughs> Set that one up. Yeah. Dunk it right in. I was shocked to find that the PlayStation 5 doesn't support FreeSync, which is technology created by AMD to help reduce screen tearing and input delay, right? Like, it's just, it's a very, you know, straightforward thing. This makes games better, more responsive, use it kind of thing. Uh, and the equivalent is for NVIDIA is a G-Sync, right? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, V-Sync is, is, you know, the... the prior technology right and what that is is basically it keeps the the screen from tearing and that doesn't literally mean your monitor tears itself or whatever but it's basically like kind of like uh like basically your 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 screen visually tears and and like it doesn't align properly properly Mm -hmm. there we go that's that's what i'm looking for and v-sync basically makes sure everything is in sync so visually that your stuff does not misalign and do janky stuff that looks really bad right and so v-sync has been a very good thing collectively for visuals and games and it's readily apparent when it's not running, uh, if your game like dips below some certain frame rates or other stuff like that, VSync is proven to be very good is basically what I'm getting at. That's the thing that we were hearing early in Street Fighter V's life, that if you had on, if you were playing on PC, you could turn VSync off and that would help with the input delay, right? You heard that quite exactly. a bit. Exactly. And so one of the, the problems that comes with VSync is it increases the input delay in the games. Now, if you're able to turn it off and run at a high enough frame rate or do some other things, you can get rid of the screen tearing and not have any issues with it. Also, if your hardware is beefy enough and, and good you know that's vsync issues are extremely well documented among people who care about input delay they're very well known so these new technologies have emerged to combat this one of them is FreeSync, created by amd which is the graphics card maker that's in both the playstation 5 and the xbox series x both the next generation consoles uh, are powered by amd gpus right the Series X has FreeSync enabled, along with something called VRR, which stands for Variable Refresh Rate. Bear with me here. I'm not going to get too techie with this stuff. Um, but I will just say that the PlayStation 5 does not have FreeSync. It only has VRR. And for some reason, that's not working on the console uh, The console at launch so far. And these are both technologies that are kind of made to offset the, the need for VSync and kind of like what it does and to kind of reduce input delay, basically. It's, it's a more evolved version of it. And the fact that the PlayStation 5 does not have free sync at all, it's just Sony saw it and said, nah, we don't need that, you know, kind of thing. For whatever reason, I don't, it was fully available to them. Microsoft is using it. There's no reason for them not to do it. They're just like, nah, we, we, we got it. And so they went with VRR, variable refresh rate, and Digital Foundry, which is one of the leading people in, in the media for hardware testing, like wherever you go, their, their reports are cited all up and down. They have said that VRR does not work right now on the PlayStation 5 currently on, on the console that they have. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I'm looking at this and going, oh, what? Like, is history repeating itself again? And and we know, like, for some people, they really care a lot about input delay. It's a huge issue for them. For other people, they're like, I can't even notice one, two, three frames of input delay. I don't even know what you guys are talking about. I don't care. But for fighting game community members, that is a big deal for a lot of people. And so I wanted to raise the red flag right now and say, look, I'm not saying the PlayStation 5 is going to have the input delay issues that the PlayStation 4 did, but it is possible that it will. And what Sony is doing is, is from what I'm seeing, again, which just not even including FreeSync, they're sending a message loud and clear that they don't care that much about input delay to the point where I think the same issues that are happening with the PlayStation 4 might be carried right over to the PlayStation 5. And it could, in some cases, especially running at 4K with the monitors and other stuff like that, in some cases, it actually could be worse than the PlayStation 4. That is a legitimate possibility with what I am seeing right now. 
I want to jump in with a, an open mind for whatever comes with Street Fighter, or with Street Fighter, with PlayStation 5 and with Sony. We've crapped on those guys a lot and for good reason, but I will say I am not super surprised to hear a potential issue like this pops up with this particular company, with their hardware, because... Well, history has uh, told me not to uh, not you know, to expect as much. So, hopefully, it's okay. But I, I I can't say that I'm surprised by it. Yeah, and I want to be clear about a few things here because the PlayStation Five hardware is definitely way better than the PS4 hardware. So, whatever GPU and CPU bottlenecks that were were being created with the, the pre- previous generation, that's not going to happen here, and that does have an impact on input delay. We've seen that with the, the netcode in Street Fighter Five and a bunch of other games. The faster your stuff can run, the better the input delay is going to be. Higher frame rates, all this other kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, where I think the issues are going to start coming in is not with the um, like running stuff like Street Fighter Five on the the PlayStation Five. Like that's you know running prior generation games on you know next generation hardware that's a night and day difference to what i think is going to happen when the 4k games show up the street fighter 6 the marvel versus capcom 4 when those show up i think the playstation 5 is going to have potential very bad bottlenecks when it comes to input delay because we're if you've been following this stuff you already know that the series x is a better uh system when it comes to hardware right the the yeah the the performance on uh, running games is faster that mm-hmm. simple you know now how much faster how much more noticeable is it going to be we don't know yet that is that's very much up for debate but i really can see the ps5 having one to two frames more input delay over the series x that's not good and it, it it's just like i if that holds up, if that is true, if you play on the PlayStation 5, you're going to be consistently putting yourself at a disadvantage. And it's, it's a like, deal breaker for serious fighting game players almost immediately. Yeah. It, if it, there's it, a choice of playing on either console. Yes. And I mean, again, it's not lost on me the irony of like, okay, dude, well, you're saying all this and you play online. And it's like, yes, I'm like, I get that. That's that's very much a thing. And I, I certainly got to hold that, right? But also, it's like uh, you want to reduce the random factors as much as possible so that you're, you're not dealing with stuff you don't have to deal with, right? It's I've up- updated the crap out of my connection to get, a, you know, um, I've got the best connection I can get. I've upgraded my PC and done all this other kind of stuff to minimize all these kind of things that I can control. But there's a certain amount of like, yeah, I can't control this. And, and that's what I, I think that my mindset in terms of controlling what we can is much more of, you know, the, the FGC mindset overall. But it is not lost on me that there's a, a bit of hypocrisy coming here that you're like, well, you're okay with online latency, but you're not okay with the PlayStation 5 causing it. And and that really comes down again to like, what are you okay with? Because I'm not saying that you can't play on PlayStation 5 and be perfectly fine with it. A lot of people did practice mainly on PlayStation in the past, uh, even with the PS3, right? They had it, they played on it, it was totally fine and they did not care and they did really well. But for some people, it's gonna be potentially a deal breaker for picking up Sony's console. It's, it sounds like it's something that's avoidable and it's a very big black eye mustard stain sort of thing in the perception of the community uh, of, of your players and such. And so that's why it's significant. And it, it's different. It is very different. As, as similar as it is and as comparable as it is to the chaos that comes from playing online. Uh, it's it's still it, it's a different kind of beast because it's program well not program but it's 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 like an issue that the thing starts with when it's brand new and that doesn't seem to have much potential for change as a result something like that it does rub me the wrong way even after everything you've said even after everything you've qualified there in a different way than just what would playing online be so I, I hear you totally. And and hopefully it's not a thing. You know, this yeah. is, again, we don't know if this is going to be a thing. This is just sort of reading the tea leaves and saying, hey, this looks like it could add up to this. Um, but but don't, you know, t- don't take it to the bank yet. Just yeah. be wary of it. If I was a betting man right now, I would bet that the PlayStation 5 has more input delay issues than the Series X. And I just flat out, I would bet that. Uh, now, we're, as you just said, we're not going to know for sure until we can do side-by-side test and track input delay and all this other kind of stuff. Like, the PlayStation 5 isn't officially out yet. We're, we're talking about a review build. You know, maybe they patch it right as soon as it comes out. And the VRR tech is like, it, it perfectly offsets the input delay and it's no longer a factor. That is a possible outcome. I'm just not saying it's a logical outcome. Uh, and I, I wanted to raise a couple red flags here with people that are looking at it. And again, if you're buying both consoles, who gives a crap? Like you have both of them, play on whatever one you want to. And if you don't care about input delay, who cares? Like that's not that big of a deal, especially if you, you don't care about a frame or two potentially of input delay, then more power to you. Like this is, this is only an issue for some people in our community. Uh, but I, that's why I wanted to highlight it here. 
Mm -hmm. But especially here in the FGC, a sizable, significant amount of people. So, Um, all right. Well, we were talking last, was it last week, two weeks ago? We've been talking on the front page about what we want to sort of see going into Street Fighter VI. And I approached this, understandably, I would say, I give myself a little leash here, thinking about like little specific mechanics. Do we want to see this one? Do we not want to see that one? Things like a, you know, Third Strike's parry system or Street Fighter IV's focus attacks. And one of the ones that uh, we inspected recently, well, actually, I was inspecting what the ends of rounds look like. I did, a, I did an article considering what the ends of rounds look like in Street Fighter IV versus Street Fighter V and some of the things that I think captured more uh, of an essence of fun when it comes to Street Fighter IV. But one of the things that really rapidly rose to the top that I didn't even initially bring up because I wanted to talk about it in a different article, but I, I, I've put it in there because one, um, I forget off the top of my head, I think it was Justin, but we were talking, he was kind of reviewing the story for me before it went live and he's like, how come you're not talking about chip kills? And it's like, yes, mm. that's a very, very valid, relevant part of the end of a round, but I actually had some other ideas for that. So, But I, I did put a little bit in there about chip kills, uh, just a single sentence. Um, but the comments became very much immediately about chip kills. And this was something that I have perceived as I really like the way Street Fighter V has departed from traditional trip kills and made it so that the only way you can do it, they're, they're really not in the game except for unless you use all of your meter to do a super and uh, and chip them out that way. And even then, V reversals can stop you from, from doing that. So it's a very intent and very costly way of doing this, but you can technically do it if you're willing to give up all of your meter. Um, so, and then in traditionally it's been not normal attacks but any specials and of course supers will put you over the edge and end around um in i think all street fighters before street fighter 5 um as far as i understand it and but and, and what i've heard from a lot of people is that yeah i really like the way chip kills work in street fighter 5 well <laughs> the people in our comment section and our readers were fairly vehemently against this they say i mm-hmm. want it to go back the other way so uh, this this grabbed my attention so i ran a another article specifically about chip kills asking uh, in a in a poll how would you like it and sure enough the overwhelming result has been that we want it in the traditional fashion where you can use a special move to to end things and of course the argument against that is that well maybe you knock someone down and then you throw a fireball meaty so that they can't do anything except for block it on their wake up and that kills them and it's like well that sucks and and it's not very fair but you can also argue getting to that point gives you the reward of being able to do that and playing and dancing around those sort of situations are just another part of the competitive experience that you need to be good at in order to win fair enough and uh, i mean it's up to the people right as far as like what they want to say is their is their favorite thing and i and i hear it um the the thing here is though like i was saying at the beginning of this i've been wanting to take single mechanics and say do you want this do you want that and as i've been forced to sort of look at chip kills from different points of view and and kind of think about them more uh well from different angles i go you know the real answer here is not what do you want in terms of mechanics it's how did the mechanics play with the other mechanics and the overall balance and flow of the game uh everything together how much defense is there how much offense is there and then you you pick and you tweak the mechanics according to that and it's you really can't look at them in a vacuum you really can't just say yes chip kills are good or bad they're good in street fighter 5 because that's technically something that that benefits the uh the aggressor right and so if you had street fighter 5's incredibly aggressor offense friendly already so to give even the ability to chip someone out would be even more on that side of the scale that's already in my opinion imbalanced and, and and weighted on that side so it's nice to have something for the defensive player but in a game that's not so uh, uh offense heavy maybe chip kills just or no chip kills become super annoying and, and not that great so it really depends on all of the different mechanics and the things that that work together um this thus far the conversation has just been a, kind of an exploration of that but did you have any general reactions or notes to this or thoughts yeah. You know, we have decades worth of experience showing that chip kills work just fine. And even though my preference isn't for it to be supers only, because I think that makes for a better overall game, I also wouldn't lose any sleep to go back to specials being able to do the job as well. I mean, we've been doing that for a long time, and that's still the vast majority of how games work in the FGC. 
Um, you know, so I, I have my personal preference uh, because I think that the ends of rounds are more interesting. Um, but it, like I said, I want to be the saddest person ever to see specials go back to chipping people out too because it works okay too. It just depends on the context, I think, more so. Um, but yeah. Yeah, and Street Fighter Four, where I really, I mean, I played the earlier ones, but that was where I really dug in and, and immersed myself in the Street Fighter experience. And like I said, from from day one, one of the very first things you figure out is is that you can chip kill people out. And before I knew almost anything else about fighting games, I remember doing that and just you know Ken and Ryu on Xbox 360 controllers, that, that level of of exploration or the lack thereof and uh, Driftwood and I would say that's a super dishonorable thing to do it's scrubby and we would still do it to each other because you want to win the round more than anything but we would look at each other and be like that's not very honorable man Uh, and so it it was it was definitely a thing but Street Fighter 4 had invincible backdashes it had um, uh, you know like like not crush counters and and things along those lines you could um, FADC your way out of danger it had option select so there was a lot more in the way of defensive and staying alive options where that's not the case in Street Fighter 5. So what does this mean for what we want in Street Fighter 6? I don't think we have an answer as to whether or not chip kill should be in Street Fighter 6. Um, I think we have a general idea of maybe where we want the uh, the sliding or the pendulum to be at when it comes to the balance between offense and defense, and chip kills can be something like a weight on one side or the other of that scale to, to get us to where we want to be. Um, but I, I don't think that you can just say, I think chip kills should or shouldn't be in Street Fighter Six. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to do a bit of comparison here just to kind of help contextualize this for people. And I would actually look at... Um, uh, chip kills and the lack thereof as as like baseball versus time sports like the nfl or nba Um, in baseball you always have three outs in an inning um, and you can stage an amazing comeback if you play well enough where in other sports you're up against a clock you always can run out of time right like in baseball Mm -hmm. it goes indefinitely depending on how successful you are or not as long as you're within the parameters of the game right Mm -hmm. so sometimes you're going to see some pretty wild and entirely earned comebacks in baseball that you do not see in other sports because legitimately it's it's rare but you are never counted out in baseball where if you get down to you know 30 seconds a minute left or something in the nfl or nba you could be done so um i don't see many fluky comebacks in street fighter 5 due to the person not being able to be chipped out with specials either you generally just land a, land a jab or two and and you know that will take someone out and i think it makes for better sense overall but where, where i go with this with like baseball nfl nba what sport do you like more you know, kind of thing, and it's like you're going to have plenty of people, people who, who love whatever. Talk about baseball. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, 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 you. It doesn't matter like what sport you like. You know, it's just it comes down to personal preference, basically, is what it, you know what it ultimately is, or and that's what I see this as being. Uh, I don't think there's one way that's definitively better or worse. Uh, and I just kind of wanted to illustrate that for our listeners, and just kind of like you know, paint it like. I wouldn't take too much of a side in terms of like what was superior or not because it's, man, I, I, I really think it's just opinion. You know what I think maybe we should do? And I might do this just with Steven and, and this could technically just be the goal that we're kind of coming up with with this medium porridge, Street Fighter Five, Street Fighter Four, what do we want for six thing, but kind of grabbing a handful of, of mechanics and saying, how would we order these or organize these or which ones would we include to to come up with a balanced game on the level of just general defense and offense? I think that's how the community should be thinking about this. Um, and, and, well, more than anyone, that's how the developers should be thinking about this. And I'm sure they are to an extent. But uh, to the degree that we want to have our input and have our fingerprints and our, um, our, our inclinations or not, you know, our, our input on this next game, that's the kind of thing that we should be considering and saying, do we want invincible backdashes? Well, maybe you can have invincible backdashes if you also have crush counters or something along those lines, or maybe it's not crush counters, but something else. So um, that might be something, uh, an interesting thing for us to do, an interesting thing for... That, that's exactly how these games are designed, actually. Uh, our listeners may not know, but uh, we've spoke with Capcom's developers, and we asked about Invincible Backdashes and stuff, why they were designed that way. And they're like, oh, they're like level three focus attacks. Those are unblockable, and you needed a way to be able to escape those. And so mm-hmm. we made Backdashes Invincible so that you would be able to get out of the range of it. And you know, and they had Invincible Frames so it would counter, because you know, level three focus, completely unblockable, right? Those were dominating the game, and probably if they were left alone as is, probably would have led 
led to offense being way too dominant in Street Fighter 4. So they put in, they literally put in invincible backdashes to counteract that. And that's how this stuff works. Like you you decide on like the, the parameters of, of how your system is going to work and then you're kind of set with those, right? There's a certain point in development where you can change them, but there's a certain point where it's like the, the point of no return, you know, and you've hit that and you've got to design stuff around it. And that's how these games are made, right? Like they, they decide to add a few mechanics in there and they're like, okay, is this mechanic universally too powerful, right? See V triggers or even ultras. I was going to say, what do they say when you ask them about V triggers? What's the counter <laughs> to that? Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I think we, we've seen the answer with V-Triggers very readily apparent because they've nerfed them pretty much every season they've been in the game. They've said, like, this mechanic is just too darn good. Uh, and and so there it is. So, I mean, it's it's a delicate balance, and this is, this is hard, right? And the ultimate factor that you're trying to get at with these games is, is it fun? Is this mm-hmm. a fun game to play? And sometimes, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I'll go back to the Harada example we talked about previously balance can get in the way of fun and that is something that that sakurai has been blown up for hardcore in the smash community and elsewhere just saying like they don't care about balance no they do but they care about having a fun game first and foremost because ultimately we're playing these games to enjoy them and if your game is boring and unenjoyable uh well we've got plenty of examples of that in our community and those games died off very quickly Mm-hmm. So the I think the remedy to that or the approach that's going to get you the best results when you consider the fact that that, that balance is not necessarily, uh, well, it's not quite synonymous, but is not directly correlated with fun. I think that's a better way of putting it. I think risk and reward is because if risk and reward is in a good place, then I mean, what what is fun beyond the, the feeling of reward <laughs> given that you had to risk something to get it there's there's this fear of okay i could lose it and then like that, that makes it significant in the first place but then when you are properly rewarded so you've set up okay i'll, I'll make this bet or i'll, I'll do this endeavor and it's going to cost me something but and if it doesn't work out that sucks and sometimes it's not going to work out it's got to be a winner it's got to be a loser but when it does work out that feels correct and right and worth doing again and again and again because it you know releases the right chemicals in my brain and such that's where you want to aim your your um the foundations of your of your structure and to to line up properly with that and Uh, i think i I agree but i i I think that we can lose sight in the community of like how important these games on a base level are fun too for casuals just picking it up right and i think crush counters are universally considered good by more lower end players because they feel very satisfactory that that noise they make that that meter gain all this other kind of stuff that happens around them if you look at the initial reviews of street fighter 5 you will see very positive remarks around the fighting of the game because there was not much to talk about that was positive about street fighter 5 when it first launched but the game got okay marks like it's like a 7 out of 10 or whatever that's an okay game right like it's pretty decent it's not great but it's it's acceptable and what most people cited was like the fighting of the game feels really good. This is great. They're like, I'm not an FGC member, but I can play this. It's it's enjoyable. And I think that sometimes we get too stuck on like what the hardcore community kind of wants to see versus like, hey, this game has got to sell like several million copies for us to make up the effort that we're going to put into it. This is a very important part of the equation. We can't just balance for the high end of players. So yes, I agree with you that the risk and reward needs to be there, but I, I look at it as very layered and very nuanced how you have to approach these games, like fundamentally to make the very cores of them very fun. Um, and when you don't do that, I think you, you, you end up with a very stale game and you might have a game like street fighter cross Tekken, which was very heavily appreciated by a lot of hardcore people, but a lot of fundamental casual people did not like the game for a variety of reasons. And one of the things that were cited over and over and over again is like, you know, gems and how complex it was and like how footsies based it was. It didn't pick up a lot of traction with people. So you have to be very careful with balancing this stuff from a hardcore mindset. You have to get everyone involved who wants to pick up and play these games and factor them in in some way shape or form sure and i think the bigger picture here is that it's a very 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 complicated nuanced and difficult thing to achieve but everything that i just said about uh, balance and whatnot yes i am more of the competitive mind of course and then thinking about the game much more in those uh in that atmosphere if you will but it applies just as much perhaps more so when it, depending on how you're approaching it you know your casual players are going to be the ones that, that get the numbers up and sales mm-hmm. that they're insanely important and in many ways more 
more important. And I think that what I was saying about risk and reward should be with them in mind at that level as well. When you first pick up the game, you you yes, you attend to the risk and reward at that level too. It's just that you don't want to, you want it to be uh, consistent and and um, pleasant and enjoyable or or maybe not always enjoyable but balanced and feeling like it's a worthwhile endeavor for both the casual and the competitive player so it's got to be when you pick up and you don't know what you're doing it also has to be when you pick up and you really do know what you're doing it's Mm -hmm. not easy it's super complicated but that's your damn job so that i i still think if approaching it with the idea of balancing risk and reward appropriately on all levels of the game is what your goal should be. So yeah. hard to do, but do your job. And uh, and I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing what's coming up next. And that's actually why we got Street Fighter Five, right? Like, and this is why so many people have issue with the game. Now, Capcom was heavily trying to balance risk and reward in this. And the the risk in Street Fighter Four was play as safe as humanly possible. Mm, I don't think they were trying to balance, I mean, to an extent, but I think that they were trying to uh, uh, not make the same mistakes that were becoming apparent in Street Fighter Four but they might have gone a little too far in the other direction, and that's not balanced. That's a commitment system. And again, Street Fighter Four was all about not committing. You wanted to play as safe as possible, and if someone got one opening on you, that could be your butt, right? You could be dead in a minute because of Vortex and other things like that. So it was all about safe, neutral play, and not only... Um, if you made a mistake, you had an FADC to get you out of it. You had a backdash to get you out of it. You had a bunch of crutches that could, you know, basically back you out of bad situations if you got into them. Um, and and so it was. An, I'm not saying Street Fighter Four was inherently flawed in that regard. I think it was just that game at that time, and I think it worked. I don't think it's aged very well. Uh, I think that a lot of people if they go back and play it and try to play it at a high level. They'd be like, uh, this game needs some more of the Street Fighter Five in there, you know. And I think it's why a lot of people moved off the game, even though they tried to keep it going. I think people realize that there was enough flaws in the game that I think it kind of aged out of it served its purpose for its lifespan. Right. I don't know, man. Uh, Every time I go back to it, I have a lot of fun. Yep. And again, I mean, but why, why aren't you playing it seriously all the time? then? Because not everybody else is playing it. If it, was, if it was at Evo that year, I would have been continuing to play it, practicing it right alongside Street Fighter V, and, and I was super ready to do it. The reason I didn't play it anymore is because the wider community, I perceive the wider community stopped playing. Yeah, and, and I, and to some degree, I get what you're saying because I would still be playing Street Fighter Two if that was an option, right? Sure. But I also can look back at Street Fighter Two and say, man, that game has tons of jank and tons of flaws in it yeah, that just don't work. Um, so I, I, so where I'm going with all this is basically I do think that Street Fighter V is a proper evolution of the franchise, but it just got too tilted towards offense yeah. and not a balanced offense and defense that we needed. And again, I, I've said this before many times, I think Street Fighter Four is way too defensive overall, and they just made these janky-ass offensive weird crap you know, vortex things to offset how good defense was. And that was kind of the game that ended up there. Um, it, it's, it's, you know, we, we, I'll bring this home. Actually, we were just talking about Indiana Jones and the temple of doom. Right. And uh, we were talking about like, overall, if you go into that movie, not knowing what to expect and not knowing that, like, it's pretty kind of like random and it's dark, it's very campy. It's not like, you know, it's, it's probably the least serious, uh, serious movie of the Indiana Jones, like trilogy that first started out. Right. You, you kind of have to, check your um, realism you know and just throw it out the window with it and just enjoy it for what it is but uh-huh. i i really genuinely enjoy that movie i think it's really fun to watch um but Majin attention was just saying like i hate that movie it's one of the worst and other stuff and there's that there's that nostalgia factor that's really hard to overcome with this stuff where my frame of mind where i saw it and where i enjoyed that movie is like it can't really ever be um, replaced by anything else. Like, yes, I can see these other movies are superior and other stuff like that, but I enjoy it for what it is. I enjoy it for that 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 surface level and all the the jank and all the campy stuff and all that the the ridiculous stuff that happens. Call you more, you know. Would you thing. rather Would you rather watch that one or would you rather watch the fourth one? I would every single day of the week. I would rather watch Temple right. of Doom. Like exactly. it's not even close. It's yeah. <laughs> and so, but where I'm going at with this stuff is like there's there's this nostalgia factor that goes in. Like even when I'm going back to play Street Fighter Two, like there's that that rush of like I remember playing this in the arcades with my friends and all this other kind of stuff that no other game is ever going to be able to replicate. And I try to check that because that's my own personal experience and bias in there, and try to appreciate it more from a general point of view of how are gamers going to see this right here, right now. 
And that's hard to do because I have so many emotions and other stuff in Temple of Doom. And when he pulls the guy's heart out and other stuff like that, and he's still alive. And they dip him into the fire and the fire shoots out. That's, that's incredible. That scene is incredible. It's stupid as can be, but it is incredible. I will watch that scene every single time it comes it's on. It's the one you remember, that yeah. and the minecart roller coaster. Yeah. My brothers used to come up to me and go, call him on, reach for my heart. And I'd be like, no. <laughs> it's stupid. Like all the stupid stuff that goes on in my head when I watch that movie comes back to me but people that are coming into it for the first time are not going to have those experiences they're not going to have those memories and so that's why it's just so important we kind of check that that nostalgia with this stuff and see things for what they are going to be with people that are that are trying to pick this up and play it for the first time and move forward but be mindful of that stuff like i, I always say we've got to honor our past in the fgc we've got to respect it. there's so much there that's great but you can also be so stuck in the past that you're not looking forward enough for the future. And I'm a fortune cookie right now. That's definitely something you would see right <laughs> when not you open Rose a fortune Player. cookie up. <laughs> but it, it is also relevant here. And it, it's so it's so easy to get stuck in our ways and not have a progressive enough mindset with this thing. And and yeah, so it's both things, you know, are, can be true here. It's just, yeah, I, I see it a lot in the FGC where people just get hung up on how things used to be and they can't move past, you know, and, and enjoy something that's, that's new and in some ways better. Sure. And I think the Street Fighter V is in some ways better. I think that it has made progress in certain ways. I think overall it's much more demoralizing and releases, uh, what is it, dopamine and serotonin and such in my brain less often than when I play Street Fighter IV. That doesn't make it a better game. It makes it a less fun game, in my opinion. Uh, but I, but uh, the whole point of this is not to see Street Fighter IV in rose-colored glasses or five or, or the opposite. is to see what's good in in each one, why is it good, and where can you isolate that, bring it in to the next thing and make the next thing that much better and uh, and i'd like to say that's what i'm doing here with four yeah. as well like i yeah. four has plenty of problems absolutely and some of it is really goofy and some of it i didn't see until i started playing five and, and appreciated like the the you know the, the benefits that five affords you in certain ways and that they're not there in four for sure um but yeah this has been a very interesting process it certainly captured my attention and i hope everyone listening uh, also feels that way uh, because I think it's really important in, in, in the world of fighting games and with where we're at right now. It's uh, important things to be considering and be mindful of. So you can temper your expectations and really get in there and, and be part of the conversation too. Yeah, and very well said. And also I want to end it on definitely go back and watch Temple of Doom and let us know what you thought of that movie, if it still holds up or if it doesn't. I, I'm but also that- going to blow up Majin Tenshinhan here and, and full out say that he said the fourth Indiana Jones is way better or is better than Temple of Doom, which Temple of Doom is probably my least favorite of the original three. I've grown, it's grown on me more. Um, and I super appreciate it. I think it's iconic in some really important ways. Uh, but like to say that the fourth one is better is, is just, it's, it's looking at the past or the future with rose colored glasses or the oh, opposite. Man. It's, it's biased. That's silly. It's objectively wrong. <laughs> exactly. Is what it is. And I'd like all of you guys to send PMs to Majin Tenshin hand and tell him that he's objectively wrong. Boom. There we go. Or you could just send him Kali Ma either way. <laughs> all right, y'all. That's going to wrap us up for this week of the event Hubs podcast. Once again, thank you all for listening and we'll be back with you soon. Bye everyone. Bye.